let's just talk about this idea of young management, right? I guess you could boil the whole concept down to the fact of, if I asked you a question, would you rather, I'm from Virginia, so I'm going to put this in a Virginia perspective. Um, would you rather be bit by a young copperhead or a adult fully formed copperhead? Right. And most people would probably answer here, if you didn't know any better, that you'd probably rather be bit by a young copperhead. But I'm going to tell you that you was wrong. And this is why you're wrong. Because younger, younger snakes do not understand how to regulate their venom. So they give you the absolute worst dose imaginable. Whereas a, an adult copperhead will give you a dose that it thinks is sufficient and then moves on. Right. And if you just like liken this to the way we we approach business and the way we manage people, you can start to see like some corollaries here with like uh, younger managers or younger owners, like where you come in and you believe that you must manage with the most amount of venom possible. Right. And then older managers kind of sit back and go, look, everything's not that important. (laughs) Right. And we we somehow trick ourselves into believing that it is. And that's just not true. And I, I think if you were from a perspective and even if I look at myself, you look at myself in my youth, the way that I would treat uh the way that I would treat this whole thing was very different now, whereas every decision seemed to be life or death back then. And I'm not saying that I'm better or I'm worse. I'm just better with people, right? I understand the aspect of the business for the people and how important they have become. And um, and at the same time, like I value those relationships you know, way greater than I did then. It's not that I didn't love people then, I did, right? But just something as you age, you start to like go, oh, I I, I don't just value the relationships. I need the relationships to, to make my life whole. You know, when you're having that deep and honest conversation with yourself, you know, on a daily and you're starting to reflect and I start to look back at all these times where I managed and I'm not so proud of how hard I went, you know, and, um, and I think now the problem is every time, and, and I'm on this because every time I put somebody in like a management position, right, it always seems to be like every decision is the end all be all. And, and that, um, that starts to grate on my soul a little bit as we, as I enter the later, I'm not in the later stages of my life, but I'm in my midlife. And, um, but now I'm on the second half of my life. We'll just put it that way. So I'm thinking about like how I want to finish this sucker off. <laughs> um, cause you know, like at the end of the day, like I could be gone at any time and, and I don't know what it is, but the, you know, every, it just, the older you get, the more important people become to you and you don't really understand that. And you can't understand that until you're there. I'm as simple as that. Um, like I, I was raised by my grandfather, so I've always had like a great respect for like older people and their stories and their um, information. But it's something about young people is like they don't buy it. They don't they don't even believe you lived the life <laughs> before them. And that even if they did your life, uh, you couldn't possibly relate to being young. 
<laughs> which is really like a concept that like when you're young you firmly believe but as you age you realize what a knucklehead you are um because we're like i mean even to this day i still feel like i'm 12 uh it, it just is what it is and and uh, like my perspective is not that far i don't know what it is about humans but we always feel like our perspectives are so far apart but they're really not you know, but it, it all boils down to this thing where like you put somebody in a position and then they feel like they got to like, like walk the part, you know, like they got to like impress everyone with it. And like, you're just not going to impress. In fact, the harder you try with that and like the, the more like the more stiff you are, the harder it is for everyone to, to like you. And, and the problem with everything is it doesn't matter how effective you are if people don't like you along the way then you're not leading and that is just what it is and so you have to kind of take that into account it's like they just don't they at the end of the day like they just don't care if if they don't like you and and that's a terrible place to be if you're a young manager you know so I would kind of caution against those of you out there that are listening that are young and managing people um to kind of take that rigid aspect. Now, I'm not saying don't go hard. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like you you want something done a certain way that you shouldn't be pressing for that, right? But there's this idea that I still use to this day where I just relay information. Like I'm not I'm not here to yell at people. I'm not here to like listen to them yell at me. Like I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not going to do it. It's simple as that. And like look, over a given timeline, someone's voice might get raised and and the other party might get upset you know because they never do do that or whatever right but at the end of the day like from any in a real relationship you're going to be able to bounce back from like those moments as long as you keep them few and far between um i've had some some moments in the past where i worked in salons where it was kind of almost okay to like snap at each other and people would do that and i'd be like nah i'm american like I'm not with that. I'm not with the like snapping each other and we're all going to act like it's not, it didn't happen like 10 minutes later. Um, you know, and this was a, a salon that had some Europeans in it and, and it was kind of like almost okay. And they're just harsher than we are. It just is what it is. Like they can, they're like all New Yorkers, like they can take it. Right. But I'm thin skinned and I'm an emotional being. I'm an artist. So like I, I wasn't with it and I'm still not with it to this day. Um, however, somebody wrongs me or they get mad at me or they like do something that I find that hurts my feelings or makes me look small in front of other people. Like I'm mad for like eight minutes now. And then I'm just kind of like, cool, this isn't about me. It's about them. Right. And I'm kind of into these stoic reactions of things like controlling my, like how I react to things that happen to me. Um, and that's just like another chance to kind of practice that. But the thing with like young managers are they just like have to like release that venom and it just and it's so funny because they always start off like really good. You know, you're you're trying to get along with people, you're trying to get to meet people, you're trying to learn your job. But there's something that like transpires in this process where you get better at your job, like uh, you, you start to learn the people and now you start to decide who you do and don't like and now you can't like 
now you can't objectively make decisions because you have biases in who you like and who you don't and who you want to treat a certain way and who you don't. And it's just like so weird to me how it always happens. And I'm not talking, I mean, not all of this is stuff I'm dealing with at like any given moment, but I'm saying like, I'm sitting here thinking about the past and, and how this has all happened. And I've had like many, many, many people um, under me become managers and and you know and it all goes back to this thing is like often people are promoted out of positions that they're good at and um you know the thing is though you might be good at it you might be better at it when you're not good at it which is kind of a weird now that i'm sitting here thinking about it it's like yeah when you're trying to be good at it you're you're nicer to people right so maybe it's the nice thing it's being nice to people because you're, you're there to do a job. You're going to do that job to like 80 to 90% of your ability. And then like when you get good at that job, then you've got a choice. You can either be good at it and still stay nice, or you can be good at it and get annoyed that you have to like tell people the same things all the time. Right. And like, we all know that like, you know, basically, uh, I always talk about this thing is like, uh, about the time I get tired of telling people what to do, that's about the time they start to listen, right? And so the frustration could sit in at that moment, right? It could that's when it could start to like really sit in and become like kind of a deterrent or or something of a, a kind of an obstacle, I guess, of you being able to do your job well. So, but the the, but the thing here is it's always your choice. It's always within your ability to make a decision to just continue to be nice to people and understand that like, look, in a management position, this is why not everybody's for it or not everybody's built for it. It's the fact that you just got to relay information constantly. And there's never going to be a time in your life where like the job is done. Right? Like they almost approach it like if I tell them enough and like they'll get it, like then I'll never have to tell them again. And that's just not that's just not true. Like you're just you're going to have to be telling this until you're blue in the teeth. It's like one of the reasons why, like, I don't really want to go back to managing day to day operations in the salons. And I have managers in those positions because I did it for a long time. Right. And like I just like I'd rather train them and coach them what to do. And then I kind of remove myself from it because you can't over a given timeline do this for 40 and 50 years, like without being like angry about it. Like it's just not possible. So, okay. You start to recognize like it's starting to grate on your soul a little bit. And then you put somebody else in that position. Right. And, and then you just basically got to sit back and, and try to teach them and like basically trying to like teach them how to regulate their venom. Um, if you will, Right. And so that concept to me is is a very simple one, but very poignant in the salon. I think the management positions are a difficult position for people. And and, and people like, I, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy here, but I feel like people don't mind being managed. Right. It's like I look at the, the world that we live in at the moment with COVID and like kind of feels like people want a lot of government. Right. Like. They want a lot of people telling them what to do and what they can't do, right? They want rules of society, right? And in any relationship, everyone's always trying to search out a boundary or or something that where they don't want to cross anymore. And that's with management. Like people will test the boundaries on a manager, but they kind of want to just know that 
they all have to live by the same rules and in the same environment. And then like the rules aren't going to shift based on the bias of the manager and that sort of thing. So the concept for me is very simple and, and it's just very, um, I don't know. You could, you could apply it in so many different ways to life, but just learning how to regulate that venom is a big, strong piece of the management management, uh, aspect of our, what we do. So I'll say when you're training your managers, just get in there from the get-go and kind of like recognize that this is going to be, is going to happen and just try to ease them into the role. Maybe, you know, like try to ease them into the role and, and just always, I mean, I constantly remind people that like, this is a people industry, you know, the people are what matters without people. You can't do this industry. So you have to learn how to like get along with people. It's rule number one in my salons is you got to learn how to get get along with the the hairdressers next to you, the management, the shampoo apprentices, the shampoo assistants, um, the color apprentices, the colorists, the managers, the, I probably already said that one, the salon owner, right? Like the investors, if there's investors, you got to learn how, you got to get along with the guests. Number one rule is get along with the guests, right? If you don't have that, you got nothing, absolutely nothing, right? And oh, Dang, we can just like we can kind of go back and and apply this to uh like a new hairdresser that just hit the floor, right? You get on the floor and you you have to pretend like you know what you're doing, and then like when people like question you, you get mad, <laughs> right? They get the right away. They get the full venom, <laughs> and like the truth is, we all know you don't know what you're talking about. Like, look, I got I got on the floor when I was like in my teens, right? Like people are looking at me. <laughs> And now I look back and I like tried to pretend like I was so much better than I was. But I'm like looking back because I'm sort of embarrassed because now I look at kids doing this and I'm like, no, we all get it. You're young. You're you're learning like you just got going. You can't possibly have 10 years of experience when you're 17. Right. It's the same reason when you're like 21 and you've been doing hair for like eight minutes and you're telling people you've been doing hair for seven years and everybody's looking at you like, stop lying. <laughs> right? And and you just can't even help but lie. Like, no, I've been on the floor for three years. And I'm like, you've been in the industry for like a biscuit. You've been on the floor for three years. Like, okay, you went to hair school for like a year and a half of that. And then you got out and you apprenticed for a minute. Like, and now you've been on the floor for like a day and 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 like some change, and then all of a sudden you're like, "No, nah, man, I've been doing hair for four years." And it's like, look, everybody gets it. You don't even have to say it. Be like, "Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm getting going. I'm learning. Um, this industry is great. Like, I, you know, I'm just trying to be the best hairdresser." You don't ever have to tell people that. You know, like they're not going to believe you just because you said you've been doing hair for four years and then they go home and they're like, but my haircut is looks like you just you just today was your first day. <laughs> right? You didn't you didn't confuse them. <laughs> and it's the same, you know, the same thing. So now I believe that this applies to both new hairdressers and management. So we worked through something while I was on the mic with you guys. And I enjoy that immensely. Um, one of the beautiful beautiful things about what I'm trying to do. Uh, and I probably say this more often than I should, but like, I like talking about this stuff out loud because I'm learning, right? Like <clears throat> I don't, I'm not like a fully formed, like mental adult. 
Like, it doesn't just happen and like, okay, cool, that's what I believe and that's the end all be all. It's constantly changing and I'm constantly learning. And what I like about this is just talking to y'all. And even when I go back and if I re listen to these, which I don't do that often because I hate hearing myself uh, talk. Um, But when I want you, when you guys listen to these, I don't want you to like sit here and hang on my every word. What I want is it to spark a reaction in your brain. I want you to think about your perspective. Like I used to look at, um, oh my God, this is going to be embarrassing. But there was a, a, you know, like the first uh, reality shows were kind of hairdressing shows, right? And Jonathan Anton had this show. I can't remember, Blowout, Blowout. And he had this show. And I mean, like at the end of the day, I'm watching this show and like I was while that show was going I was in the process of opening my first salon and it was taking a long time and it was very stressful and I was going through some partnership stuff like before I ever got going that was crazy and I was like watching him and he was a freaking mess I mean he was a mess like I, 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 I can't tell you if that guy was a good owner or not or it was a good manager. I don't believe either of those are probably accurate. Like he was probably a good hairdresser that got promoted out of the position he was good at. Right. And ultimate, and like all of us, I mean, we're probably, we're probably most of us are in that kind of scenario. Um, but I looked at that and I was like, it didn't matter that he wasn't teaching me perfectly. Right. What mattered was I related and I looked at it and I was like, dang, other people are going through this. Not everybody out there is amazing. Like the world we live in now would have you believe that every single hairdresser out there is the best hairdresser that's ever lived. Every single manager is the best manager that ever lived. Every single owner is the best owner that ever lived, right? And it's just not possible. It's just not possible. Like, trust me on this. Only like 1% of at any field at any time is any is really any good, right? Like, I mean, maybe it's 5%, who knows, but it's small, right? It's, it, it's the people who are trying to get good greatly outweigh the people who are actually already good at these things, right? So just being, and, and then I will tell you this, every time I've come across like some of the best people at their fields and I've talked to them, they all come across as like they don't know anything (laughs) and it's crazy they'll talk to you and and they'll be like yo you should do this you do and they talk with confidence right but then they'll be like yeah like i mean you know i I don't really know about that right yet i'm still working on that one right and you're like oh okay cool like you we're all learning you're all like trying to get there right you're like even the experts at their field can't have perfectly formed opinions right so you know uh i i think that so when we're talking about this stuff together in our alone time while y'all are on your uh, car ride to work and and I'm just here in this studio two weeks in the past <laughs> and, and you're listening to me, I don't want you to sit here and, and hold me up and put me on a pedestal. Don't. I, I don't deserve it. I don't belong there, right? I'm talking to y'all and I want you to go, look, this guy's been through some struggles, right? Life hasn't been easy right? It's been good. It's been good all the way across the board, right? But my life hasn't been easy. It hasn't been, it wasn't easy before I got in the hair. It hasn't been easy. When I got in the hair, wasn't easy as an owner. It's not easy now that I have multiple businesses. It's not easy. The path is not easy. It doesn't come clean. It's not sexy. Uh, I deal with stuff constantly. 
um, you know, it, it, no one has a grasp on this thing, right? Like, basically, this is the worst part about being a hairdresser owner um, I can think of is every single day I wake up and I'm like, could this be the last day? Right. And it's not that like it's going to happen, but like this industry, man, like, I, I mean, I learned last year, they can shut us down in a second. If a new strain of this virus comes and it's three times more potent than the last one, right. They can shut you down in a second and take away everything you've spent your life building. Right. And that's, to me, it's scary. And you can, you can know, like I am sitting here and I'm saying this and I'm like, man, I sound paranoid. But you can't tell me it didn't happen because it did happen, right? Like, so, or it's not going to happen. You're not, you can't tell me it's not going to happen because it did happen, right? And like, I look at Australia and I'm like, dude, we're, we're three minutes away from locking down our country like that at some point. And that's a little scary, right? Like, because you're locking down blue collar jobs and, and the only, and everyone's just like, cool, like you can work at home. And it's like, no, like a lot of us can't work at home. Right, you force a lot of people in hairdressing to um, to work at home during this pandemic to survive, right? And so, whether they were in the salon or not, they were still in harm's way, right? You're still out there doing it, and I mean, people who were telling me we should be locked down were out doing it. So, like, I don't buy any of that, right? I don't want to live by someone else's standards. And that's tricky as an owner, right? Because every day you wake up and you're like, yo, like I'm kind of let work. Like they let me work. It is what it is. Like I can't go against the government. Like I don't have that kind of like power. Like I can't just open up anyway. They're going to shut me down and find me. Like I'm just not built, like I'm not built to like fight them like that. Right. And like, will I ever be happy with it again? No, I will not. I will always be suspect. Right. And you should be right. Like at the end of the day, they're, they're your peers. You put up there, you put in there. None of them are that. Look, I, I cut hair in Washington, DC, my entire career. I will tell you that the people up there are not that smart. (laughs) And that's from a hairdresser. Right. I'm not saying there aren't smart people up there and I'm not saying that smart people can't make bad decisions either. Right. Like I'm just being realist that like people are not these perfect beings that you think they are. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, what side of the discussion you find yourself on. People are not perfect. And it's a very difficult realization. And not every even the I always talk about this this study where they followed like the experts in their their career over a twenty year period, and like every single one of them couldn't beat like a uh, a chimpanzee basically choosing between three labeled bananas. Like no one could beat the thirty three percent, right? That's nuts. That's nuts. That tells you all you need to know. So it's you're we're all constantly working. We're all we're all just trying to be the best we can and survive. And at the end of the day, you just have to learn how to do it and be nice to each other and learn how to regulate that venom.